from our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, welcome to our special Louisiana Eats podcast series, Tammany Taste Quick Bites. I'm Poppy Tooker. Louisiana has a new seafood king. The North Shore's very own Chef Robert Vasquez of Pepe's Sonoran Cuisine in Covington handily won the 2020 crown with his red snapper crawfish sofrito. We zoomed in with Chef Robert to learn all about this year's competition and just how the Southwestern native came to win this special Louisiana seafood honor. My name is Robert Vasquez. I'm the executive chef of Pepe Sonoran Cuisine up in Covington. I am the 2020 Louisiana Seafood King. I am so happy to meet you, Robert Vasquez. And how odd that you would be the 13th King of Louisiana Seafood in this odd year of 2020. Very, inter- very interesting, you know, the way all this had uh, played out during this uh, pandemic. You know, I would really like to start at the very beginning of your story, because I understand that you discovered your love for food in your mother's kitchen. And that sounds like a regular old story for some of us food lovers, but Your mother wasn't just any mother, was she? She was a chef in her own right at your family's restaurant in Arizona. When I go go back looking at my childhood, you know, we cooked. And, you know, my mom really never went to work. You know, probably when my father retired, she decided she wanted to go to work. And uh, she went to go work with um, my aunt and they opened a restaurant. And, you know, I was 14, but my, during my early years, when I was seven, eight, nine, and 10, we, my mom cooked every day. We cooked tamales, we cooked refried beans, you know, well uh, rancheros, whatever. But it was always something that you look forward to every day because it was, there's something special, but I always had my favorite. I had my favorite was to learn how to cook my bologna sandwich and a flour tortilla. <laughs> That's a first for me. Yeah. A bologna sandwich in a tortilla? Tell me about that. Do you know, I used to go, I know, I always went to school. You know, sometimes I ate, I didn't eat. But when I got off the school bus, my mom always had something for me. And I think that that was kind of my little craving. So she would do a little bologna, bologna sandwich with a flour tortilla, a little cheese, a little salsa, and put it on the griddle like a quesadilla. I think that for me, I was very particular about what I wanted to eat. I was not big on a lot of things. Uh-huh. But that was so, so good after school, right before, you know, doing my homework. And But my passion with her was it was every day, you know, she made her own tortillas, you know, when we sat on the table, my father always had to have particular things. He had to have his refried beans. He had to have his salsa, had to have his cilantro. But I fell in love with what was happening because every day was something different. You know, it was sometimes it would be, you know, eggs and chorizo. I was not the type of person that wanted to see a lot of vegetables when I was a young child. I went to go be a busboy once they opened a restaurant together with my aunt and my cousins. 
And finally, I decided that I am going to go on. After about a year, I went on to do my own thing. As I ventured out, I I was falling in love with food itself because every day was not every day. But as I was a dishwasher, I kept washing dishes so fast that I wanted to touch food. <laughs> I wanted to be very creative. And like everybody else, when I had my opportunity, you know, that pretty much set the tone for um, my life. So food took you all over the world as a global ambassador for Southwest cuisine, including opening a Tex-Mex restaurant in Beijing. I flew out there um, probably to 1993, 94. I was utilizing ingredients that they had. You know, we took particular ingredients, the love chilies, we did tacos with rice wraps, but also we made our own tortillas. The restaurant itself was owned by the great granddaughter of Alfred Nobel. So the name of the restaurant was called Alfred's. She owned a, a hotel company and she wanted something different. But I, I, I had a blast, had an opportunity, got to see the Great Wall. Well, you know, from Beijing to Singapore to Bermuda, you have just cooked all over the world. But how in the world did you come to settle in Mandeville on New Orleans' North Shore? How I settled in Mandeville was I moved from California, so I moved from San Diego. And when I was lo looking for a place to, to live, buy a house or whatever, we looked at so many places, but I needed that kind of, security like trees and water and all that kind of stuff what i had in california because when you're coming out here it's it's a different world and you never know how long you want to be here i mean obviously i fell in love with the place i've been here 20 years but the realtor showed us mandeville and we're getting on this bridge and i said how long is this bridge well it's about 24 miles long and i said well is this going to be the commute i said most people in mandeville i mean 20 years ago, Mandeville was not so populated. It got really populated after Katrina. But as soon as I started coming to the end of the bridge, I saw the trees. I said, oh, my God, there's trees. <laughs> and uh, I, I needed I needed kind of like that part of where I was coming from. You know, I mean, I shifted from living in a desert to kind of an oceanside beach with trees in California. And then I'm coming into New Orleans. But Mandeville made me feel comfortable. I'm a very slow-paced person. Um, I didn't mind the causeway. It kind of like revitalizing, like you were going down the coast, driving. Yes. You know, and I, I, that's what I was looking for. It's a beautiful drive across the causeway. It truly is. There's something very calming about it. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, it is. And especially now how they've done so many improvements you're not so scared because it's very lit now so now you work on the north shore you not only live over there you work over there too tell me a little bit about pepe's sonoran cuisine in covington our restaurant um features ingredients that i'm very comfortable with and why we call it a sonoran cuisine is because I lived in Santa Fe. Um, Osmond Rodas, which is the owner of all the three restaurants, he lived in Santa Fe and we had this vision. Okay, let's do Santa Fe Southwest with a little bit of Sonora in the side of Mexico. 
that's more commonly that I knew because my mother had relatives lived from there. Uh-huh. And because I was in Arizona, I, I, I stuck to Southwest and it's, it's very, this is a very unique menu. It's not your typical talk, tacos that you see in other Mexican restaurants. You know, we use a lot of ingredients. Like I have a soft shell taco. We do Buffalo tacos. Um, mm-hmm. We do many different things. We grow on our own chilies and herbs. Uh, we have a beautiful courtyard. Um, I've seen this restaurant be many different restaurants, but we finally came into a comfortable zone and me helping operating three other restaurants, Pepe's just describes who I really am and where I'm from, you know, from the Southwest. Yes. Cause you, you actually, you're the executive chef over several different restaurants for this restaurant group. Correct. But I have to, I had to have my own concept, you know? Yes. Um, I, I just wanted to have one of the restaurants that will feature the, my passion and love um, outside of the other two restaurants because we have two uh, other chefs that have their own unique way. But I need, Pepe's really just was one of the places where uh, the, third, uh, the third restaurant that I really got to really rebrand, it became a home. Well, that certainly makes sense to me. And what a treat for everybody here to have the delicious authenticity of your food available in Mandeville. And all you had to say to me was soft shell crab taco. My goodness, it sort of gives me a hint of how you came to compete this year for King of Louisiana Seafood. How, how did the competition come to be for you? I was probably one, maybe out of the two restaurants from Mandeville to go participate. So we just uh, kind of felt that, you know, maybe this is my turn, you know, to go on there and, and, and see what I, you know, what it's all about. You know, unfortunately, it was like the, the bubble of the competition. You know what I mean? Like everything else that's going in the world, everything's in a bubble. The NBA is in a bubble. Yeah. everything's in a bubble this was in a bubble well normally you know for for those who are not familiar with this competition it did start off at the new orleans food and wine experience grand tasting and in recent years it's been held in august at the louisiana restaurant show um but uh this year none of that was possible none of those things happened or are happening so how did they manage the competition this year um i think they went down from 18 chefs to about 10 trying to make it easier Uh i mean it was going to be a lafayette that's where they traditionally they moved it the last couple years but it was very intriguing there was a lot of a little zooming um you got to meet all the chefs via zoom um and it was like a it was staged out at Jay Dakota's house, and they, he has a really big kitchen. They, uh, the film production crew set up, and five chefs one day, five chefs another day. And we got to shoot our own 30-minute video. And it was based more on a, on a viewer's choice because under this pandemic, they were trying to get the viewers and still have those people that used to follow the competition to be able to um, see it. Mm-hmm. And every, everything was via video uh, on video. So they videoed everybody, all 10 chefs, and they got to select 
for people's choice for about two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then they did it like when I was younger, like I was saying, it reminded me when I was the uh, a kid and watching the Jerry Lewis uh, fundraiser. Mm -hmm. The telethon. And the telethon. And that's the way the name got, things got called out. You're just like going through the motion, looking at the videos. Um, it was a one hour show and finally they came into the end. It was really quick than normal. They called out three people, three chefs, first place, uh, third place, second place, and first place. And I just sat there and my wife was just saying, you know, don't be nervous. You know, you, you're going to win. I know you're going to win. And when my name called out, it was kind of surreal. Like you had to pinch yourself. You had to check yourself. But because it was such a short thing that was happening, you know, when the announcement came. And then all of a sudden, I just says, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I competed. I was excited, but still humble because maybe if I didn't win, I would still be, would have been supportive for, if somebody else would have won. But I was a little shocked because it's been a while when you participate something under these conditions, you, you don't know what to expect. This is this is this probably could be the only time they'll ever do it this way. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I, I, I pray sometimes that next year it will be done in a different way. Amen. <laughs> but my wife said, I wish you would have won on stage when all the balloons and all the friends and the hugs and the people. But then she said, but this one will always be remembered. So tell us a little bit about your winning entry. What did you cook to win King of Louisiana Seafood? I was... You know, I was in the kitchen and I wanted to do something that's just a reflection of the many things that I love to do with ingredients. So I cooked a American red snapper with a yellow yellow uh, bell pepper sofrito with a mascarpone turnip puree and a vegetable blanc. Mm, oh my goodness, that sounds delicious. For um, the uninitiated, Translate, what is a sofrito? Sofrito are going to be small braised diced vegetables. In Latin America, they do them different. You know, you, you know, some people do sofritos, which is just braising olive oil, a little salt and pepper, a little fresh herbs, um, a little lime, and they braise them down for about maybe five, five to 10 minutes. Um, I decided to use poblanos because, you know, I'm cooking Southwest. And um, we just braised them down. Bell peppers, garlic, onions, cilantro, lime juice, olive oil. And the, the, re the, the real ingredient was I incorporated crawfish. <laughs> that is the secret ingredient. Is there a chance that we might be seeing this dish on the menu one day at Pepe's Sonoran Cuisine? We incorporated it into the menu about two weeks ago, we had to kind of revamp a little bit. And the interesting thing, if people are looking for it, but we all, the servers always have to tell them, I had to change the language on how I described the dish or the name of the dish, because my boss said, I don't know how you won when you created a dish that has no reflection in your menu at the restaurant. But I said, I was not geared. I was going there to compete and create a dish that would tell a story of why I did this dish. So we changed the name of the dish and it's called 
it's a red snapper with a crawfish, yellow, uh, yellow pepper sofrito. But we changed the turnip and the mascarpone because they're both kind of like very root vegetables and mascarpones Italian. So turnips in, in, in Spanish means nabo. Mm-hmm. And then the mascarpone, we turned it into queso. Robert, we are thrilled and love to have you be part of our Louisiana crew now. So I, I don't think you can get more Louisiana than becoming the king of Louisiana seafood. So really, congratulations on this win. You, you rocked it, and I'm going to drive across that causeway to taste that snapper soon. You know, when you sit back and you wonder, did I do the right thing? Was it the right fist? Is the right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I kind of just look at it and still to this day, I still think about it. I'm the Louisiana seafood king coming from all the way from Arizona. That was Chef Robert Vasquez of Pepe's Sonoran Cuisine in Covington, the newest king of Louisiana seafood. Big thanks to our sponsor, the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission. Stay, play, and get away on the Louisiana North Shore. Discover the bounty of the bayou and rich culture from award-winning chefs, soulful mom-and-pop restaurants, extraordinary bakers, and creative mixologists. Request the free Explore the North Shore Visitor Guide today with inspirational stories, custom itineraries, and event information at louisiananorthshore.com. St. Tammany Parish, 40 minutes from New Orleans' French Quarter and a world away. Don't miss a delicious Tammany Taste Quick Bite by subscribing to our podcast at poppytooker.com, where you'll also find lots more recipes and delicious food ideas, too. Louisiana Eats original theme music by Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes. Big thanks to Reggie Morris, who produced this podcast. This Louisiana Eats Quick Bite was produced by Poppy Tooker Broadcasting. Mm-hmm.